Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 22 to 31. Jesus is teaching about worry, something that all of us can relate to. So let's listen for God's word as we seek to grow in our faith together today. Listen. He said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than those birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to the span of your life? If you then are not able to do such a small thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the, the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not keep seeking after what you will eat or what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying, for it is the nations of the world that seek all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning once again. I feel like we've already been to church. With some of these, this music and the sharing from Mary and the kids up here in the front, it's a great day to be together. Um, hi to those who are at home or listening to this later on a sermon podcast. We would love to see you sometime soon on a Sunday. I wonder if, um, how many of you remember Mad Magazine? You remember Mad Magazine? Oh, wow. Big, big time. For those not in the know, it was a satirical comic book style magazine that reflected on and kind of roasted American um, culture over the past century. The main character that was associated with Mad Magazine was uh, named Alfred E. Newman. Remember him? This is, this is him. He had this mischievous face, and this famous catchphrase was, what, me worry? Remember that? This, this cartoon character, um, Alfred E. Newman, he had no worries in the world. Nothing could perturb or disturb this young rascal. And we might kind of smile or chuckle at um, such a simple-minded approach to life as, as he would have. But then, just then, we hear Jesus' words in the gospel. We hear what he says, and it sounds strikingly similar. Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry about your life or what you will eat or your body or what you will wear. Which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to the span of your life? So Mad Magazine says, don't worry. Jesus says, don't worry. But then if we're honest, I think we could all say that we do worry sometimes, right? We do have reason to worry. We have things on our mind that, that can disturb us. We have problems or situations that we aren't quite sure what to do with or how to deal with. If you're someone who would say that you have no worries in your whole life, I wonder if you're really paying attention. Because you don't have to watch the evening news for very long to see that there are some things worth worrying about in our world. You don't have to watch the stock market for too many days to ride that roller coaster up and down. You don't have to visit too many hospital rooms or rehab centers to know that people have reason to worry. 
And Jesus, though, he has this concern for us, this concern for our lives that we would not always live in a way that is full of worry, full of anxiety, full of fear. There's something about those things that's just not good for us. I was talking to somebody recently who told me that he had been having medical issues. Something was going on with his heart, so he went to see his doctor. And the medicine that his doctor prescribed to help him with his heart issues was less stress. He said, find the thing, identify the thing you are worrying about and cut it out and be ruthless. Don't let it be in your life because it's affecting your health. So maybe Dr. Jesus is diagnosing some of us today. Worry can cause physical symptoms. It can occupy our mind. It can damage our soul because what, what worry does is it keeps us from trusting that God is the one we can rely on and turn to and look to. Carrying worry is this weight that we're like lugging around with us wherever we go. Am I talking about you? Do you worry sometimes? I know a couple of pastors who work together as colleagues, and sometimes one of them will receive some kind of feedback, critique, criticism, something that we all get in our work sometimes, but sometimes it could be unfair, it could be unkind, harsh, downright cruel. And they have this practice where when one of them gets something like that, they'll bring it to the other and show it to them. Take a look at this. And it's this worry, this work-related, church-related, relationship-related worry. And then their, their colleague, their friend, that other pastor will say, are you ready to turn that over now? You ready to give that up now? Because it's hard to hand over our worries sometimes. Maybe you're like me, you might want to hold on to it for a while, you know? Soak it in, marinate in it. <laughs> Deal with it yourself. But these pastors have this this letter or this problem, this issue that comes up, and they will pass it on to their friend, their colleague, this worry that they hand to somebody else to help them with. I'm talking about Pastor Erica and me. That's our practice. It was in Galatians 6 where St. Paul said, bear the burdens of one another and so fulfill the law of Christ. Sometimes when we have a worry, a best practice is to pass it on to someone else who is, your, help, who is your helper, who's your trusted friend, who is someone you know can help you bear it. Who's that person for you? For the worries of your life, who can you share it with? Not to burden them, not to load them up with guilt or shame, but someone who you trust, who can handle that. We know that God is always the one that we can turn our worries over to. In Philippians 4, St. Paul says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And I know it's that verse because it's posted next to my desk in my church office to remind me every day. Worry and anxiety are common experiences that we can have, but we can always turn them over to God. So how are we supposed to um, understand Jesus' teaching about worry. He says, do not worry, in the reality that we all have worries. We all have things that we sometimes worry about. Maybe we have a good practice of giving them to God. Maybe we have a trusted friend or colleague, a partner, somebody we can um, sort it through with. It's interesting, I think, that Jesus was speaking to this crowd of his disciples in the story, 
And this group would have included some who had given up everything to follow Jesus. Maybe they were wondering, as they followed him around, where their food would come from the next day. A very real concern. You know, Jesus was an itinerant preacher. He had no home, no office, no farm. They might have been wondering, can this guy, this rabbi, really take care of us? Really uh, meet our needs? And then others in that crowd of disciples would have been workers, like day laborers and farmers and fishermen and seamstresses, people who had to work hard every day in order to earn their wages so that that night their family could eat. That's the way the system worked. They would work a day and at the end of the day be paid for their work. Then they would bring their pay home to get food to feed their family that day. The next day, they'd do it all over again. They didn't have long-term contracts. They didn't have benefits packages. They didn't know if there would be work the next day. And if they didn't work, they didn't eat. So you can imagine that level of worry. So I wonder if Jesus is saying to them something like, do not worry about things that are beyond your control. Is it possible that tomorrow you would lose your job and everything would change? Yes. Is it possible that if you were to get engaged or married or pregnant or divorced, that everything would change? Yes. Is it possible that someone in your family would get cancer or struggle in school or vote differently from you in an upcoming election? Yes. But you can't really control the outcome of those kinds of things. I think Jesus is telling us not to worry so much about some of those things that are beyond our control. Don't sit in, don't live in, don't marinate in that kind of worry. And here we are in the stewardship season of our church, as we've been talking about. And for the next couple of weeks, we'll be thinking about faith and finances here in our congregation and what it means for us to be faithful givers as part of our faith life to be generous in our offerings, to be people who bring a portion of our treasure forward regularly to give it towards God's work in the world. Jesus identified money or treasure as a major indicator of whether people would trust God or kind of trust themselves, living in worry. When we worry, we tend to hold on to more and offer less. When we worry, we tend to hold on to more and share less. We tend to believe the lie that God, that God will not be with us, and so we have to come up with a backup plan when we worry. When we worry with our money, we make God small, manageable, controllable, rather than letting God be bigger than we can imagine, the one that we have to trust. Some of you have probably heard me say it before, I'll say it again, that I never worry about money when it comes to our church. I never worry about money. Can you believe that? It's stewardship season, Pastor. You're not supposed to say that out loud. That's not the message we need people to hear, but maybe it is. Let me, let me, let me explain to you. Um, money is a source of worry in a lot of people's lives. If you don't have much, you want it. If you have a lot, you want to keep it. Am I right? That's true. But I believe deeply that God will provide for the needs of our congregation. God will provide for the ministry that we are called to have as a church. And since that is the bedrock belief from which we operate, it means we don't have to get stressed out. It means we don't have to actually worry 
as we look towards the end of the year or as we decide how we're going to build our budget. I'm trusting God and God's family to provide for the needs that we have to do our ministry to respond to the calling God is giving us. So we're going to talk about it, right? We're going to, you're going to hear about it. We're going to spend some time on it and give it some attention, but we're not going to worry. We're not going to stress out and stress each other out. You know, I think in the end, each of us is called to give what God puts into our hearts to give when it comes to our financial stewardship. And our congregation has a heritage of strong giving that supports the life of our church. And we've grown our budget year by year over the past 10 years. So we're not going to approach money and finances and budgeting from a place of worry or stress or anxiety. Instead, we're going to approach those topics, those important topics, from a place of just faith in God, faith in each other, as we seek to respond together to what God is calling us to do. You know, it's interesting, in the Greek language, the New Testament's written in Greek, uh, the word that Jesus uses here for worry, where he says, do not worry about your life, do not worry what you'll eat, do not worry what you'll drink, that same word is used other places in the New Testament, but it's translated differently. Do you know that? Same word. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 says this, that there may be no dissension within the body, like the church, the body of Christ, but the members may have the same care for one another. The word care is the same word as worry in Greek. It's just translated differently. So don't worry about things you can't control. Don't um, worry and let, let worry replace your trust in God. But do worry. Do have care. Do show love to those who need it. Do care about that. Do worry about that in the sense of concern. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so I may be cheered by news of you. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And the word concerned is the same word as worried. It's just translated differently. It is good to be concerned for the welfare of others. This is important for us to see. There's a preacher and scholar named Fred Craddock, who apparently Jack Long was reading last week when he quoted him in his sermon. How rude. Um, <laughs> who said this. The injunction against anxiety is not a general one. In the New Testament, anxiety sometimes refers to a form of care that is positively regarded, such as Paul's anxiety for the churches and Timothy's anxiety for the welfare of the Philippians. So it's not like all bad worry and anxiety is bad. There's a good sense to it. Worry and anxiety is bad, according to Jesus, when it is focused on things we can't control, overly focused on things like our finances. But it is a good thing when we turn our attention, our care, and our concern to the needs of others. In that sense, in a biblical way, it is good. So then that brings me, just here, to, to some conversations we've been having at the leadership level in our congregation, the leadership level of our church. I don't know if you know this, but the elders and deacons and staff of our congregation uh, really love this church. They really love you. And they really care about you and your welfare and the needs you have spiritually and in your whole lives. And so out of that love and that care and that concern, we've been talking quite a bit this fall at the leadership level about how do we live into the three big themes that we have as a church right now. 
I'm talking about three big themes. Remember those? Gathering and regathering, inviting and including, and then discipleship, growing up together in our faith. Those are three things we think are really important. And we've been talking about how do we um, serve those, speak to those who are here all the time, every Sunday, regular in worship. That's many of you. How do we engage those who are here a little bit less than they used to be, maybe a little less engaged? And then how do we show God's care for those who, who don't seem to be around at all? who used to be in some of the pews here, but where are they? Maybe they're online, maybe they're not. We don't know. And there's a balance that we're trying to strike as we have this conversation, where we're trying to do this work, do this ministry, this calling to, for all of us to grow up together in, in Christ. That is our hope, right? That is our end goal. But then to balance that, that concern with reaching those who have not been here for a while, but to do it without worry, without anxiety, without fear, we don't want to operate from that place. So the elders and deacons and staff have been praying together and talking, sharing ideas, strategizing a little bit, just thinking and wondering out loud, how can we faithfully serve our church, especially after COVID, with all the new schedules and new patterns of life that people have taken on, new habits? So I'm telling you this today, I'm kind of sharing this because it's an object lesson for us in how to apply the teaching from Jesus directly into our life situation as a church. Leaders and pastors need to learn how not to worry about things that we can't control and still have concern for what's important. When it comes to your finances, I don't want you to worry about things you can't control and still to use your finances and your commitments to show what's important in your life and show love for others. When it comes to politics and elections, like this week, I don't want you to worry too much about things you can't control, but still to be actively engaged towards making a society better and having it reflect the love and justice of Jesus. When it comes to your relationships, your life relationships, I don't want you to worry about things you can't control, but to let your interest and care for your family and loved ones be evident. And I'll end the sermon today just by saying this. The only way that any of us can really take on and live into this teaching from Jesus about worry, about not letting worry dominate our lives and not sitting with anxiety and stress all the time, uh, not letting that be the driver of our work, the way to do that is to put our trust again and again in, in Christ, to trust the one who sits at our very center and come back to him, the one who we can trust in this life and in death and into a life to come. Our faith in God allows us to live with less worry because we have someone to rely on who's always faithful. The one I'm talking about is Jesus Christ who is the head of this table, who invites us to this table as we move to this table. As we come again to the, the communion table today, we know that it's Christ who's at our center. And if we want to live as people with less worry and stress and anxiety, a great way to start is to cast those cares upon him, to trust in him as you come forward in faith, even in doubt, even in trembling faith, even in wanting more, 
Come and see what God will do as you are fed and nourished in your spiritual life and for your life out in the world. Amen? Amen. Amen.